Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this eighth episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender engage in a conversation about Ephesians chapter 4. Our conversation uh, goes in lots of different places, uh, from talking about how we deal with what's in front of us, how we get a greater perspective on the world from the scriptures, and even what that means for the way that we go about uh, voting in elections. We hope you enjoy it. Well, hey there, Kevin. Hey there, Aaron. Cheers. Cheers. That was my clunky cheer today. That was clunky. What are you drinking out of? I got some Kiwana something or other. Well, that's a Yeti. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Yeti. Drinking Yeti. out of a Yeti. I just got an email. It was like a spam email asking me to sign up for something, and their offer was that they'd give me a free Yeti. I got a spam email from you. Oh, Someone yeah. pretending to be you. Yeah. Look out, folks. That's my shtick. Yeah. I pay the I pay the people to mirror my email address or my name so that they can convince you, and then I can tell you that it's that it's actually spam, but it's really me. <laughs> that's a, I don't think that's I follow a, that. That's a convoluted prank. Yeah, I don't have deep. that much energy. <laughs> well, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going. It's going. I think it's going well. Yeah, we're right in the midst of uh, you know what week it is. Uh, what week is it? All Saints week. All Saints week. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the fact that it's, uh, what other week is it? November. It's November. That's why we're not shaving. There you go. You're right. I shouldn't shave. Should we not shave? I mean, I love not shaving. I've joked about doing no shave November for lots of years, so. I'll probably shave. I'm going to be real with you. Okay. Unless you really want to go for it. I don't know. We'll see what tomorrow brings. All right. Sounds good. The people are probably wondering if we're talking about the election. Yeah, probably. We're probably not. Yeah. Although it might come up. Maybe. It might. Because you told us, Aaron, just hard okay. transition right here. Boom. We're in now. All right. You told us on Sunday that, uh, well, our present days, our present moments, the world we live in and walk into each and every day should be shaped by a bigger story. Yes, I did say that in my sermon on November 1st, yesterday, when we're recording this. All Saints Day. Right. So, yeah, okay. Maybe start with the bigger story. What do you, what do you mean when you say, like, we should be shaped by a bigger story or, you know, starting at the end? What are you talking about? Yeah, so... Um. I mean, you can come at it from a variety of angles, but in in Ephesians four, what we what we read on Sunday, I forget uh, it's somewhere between verse one and sixteen, somewhere around eleven, twelve, somewhere right around there. Paul talks about not being um, tossed to and fro by the, the the waves and winds of doctrine and the cunning and crafty uh, voices in this world. That's my paraphrase on it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, my read on that is, yeah, I mean, that's what happened. So if my uh, my perspective on the world is one in all I have is what's right in front of me, if I have no orientation to my future or to my past, if all I'm dealing with is right in front of me, I'm just, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be battered, just just tossed back and forth and back and forth and back and forth by all the voices vying for my 
attention, all of the, all the stresses of life, all of the, you know, politicians trying to convince me about whatever they want to convince me of all the advertising that's trying to, you know, I mean, it's just uh, boom, boom, boom. So, so what I mean by that is in, when we looked at all saints day and you read the entirety of the scriptures and you go to the book of revelation and you see the end of the story that God has revealed to us. Mm. That, that God's not done with us yet, that, that Christ is going to come again. He's going to uh, fulfill what he started in his death and resurrection, that there will be a resurrection from the dead, a restoration of the creation, a new heavens and a new earth. Uh, just all of that. And so that's the future. But then as Christians, we also have the scriptures, which orient us to our past and the stories of God's faithfulness to his people. And so like, I just, I, as people of faith, we, mm. when we read the entirety of the scriptures and we see our place in this story, we realize that what's right in front of us is not the end of the story. Mm. So it, it shouldn't get the last say over us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, there's more going on than just today, <laughs> like time-wise. Yeah, there's been a lot of time that's gone by and time to come Right, that's been revealed to us. And uh, so it shapes how we live or ought to shape how we think or act. Right. What's like a tangible way it would shape? Like how does that change how you act today, Aaron? Right. So, uh, I mean, you can take any issue of the world. Uh well, okay, so let's let's just consider the presidential election. Right? Yeah, there it is, folks. Okay, so the, the I mean, nothing's nothing's new under the sun. Like mm. even with a presidential election, we should <laughs> you should understand like there's been 45 of these before this time, like and there's been divisions and, you know, mm hatred and vitriol in all in all of it i mean you can go back and see the mockery of different candidates and all this stuff so um and god saw the people through like sure so um but even from a from a christian perspective we would say all right well jesus rules and reigns Mm. uh jesus rules and reigns that's that's the end that's the end of the story um i think what um, I don't want to diverge too much from the original question, but please do. in our Lutheran doctrine, uh, we have some, we, we have some helpful, uh, understanding that, that I guess Martin Luther saw in the scriptures and we, we call it the, um, the, the two kingdoms, um, mm-hmm. like the, the theology of two kingdoms, which means that, that God rules and reigns over all things but in in the scriptures we see that there's 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 a kingdom of the left hand and a kingdom of the right hand and the the way we the way we talk about this in lutheran doctrine is that the kingdom of the left is ruled by um the earthly institutions like the you know the uh, uh politics government that kind of stuff but god is still lord over those things mm. the kingdom of the right um is is where his where his church exists and and that's that's governed by the death and resurrection of jesus his um forgiveness for us the peace and hope so as as humans as uh people who uh 
live in this world, but are saved by Jesus Christ, we live with a foot in each of those kingdoms. So, so in the kingdom of the right hand, in the kingdom of, of, of the, of the church, we live as, as citizens there mm-hmm. of all these promises of, of forgiveness and hope and, and eternal life. But we also live as citizens in this world, um, where we're called to take care of the creation, be good stewards, uh, honor the authorities and pray for them, mm. um, to, to vote, to participate in civic endeavors, to do all that stuff. But in all of it, God is still ruling and reigning for all of eternity. Yeah. I don't know if that distinction helps. I think it does. So you're saying, um, you know, my present moment is shaped by my foot that's in that right-hand kingdom, right? I'm not only in the left-hand kingdom. I don't only live in America under, you know, these rulers and uh, also with all the things that come with my earthly life, but I live with a foot in the right-hand kingdom uh, where there are those promises. Right. So the promises are not, I'm not living in that reality quite yet. Right. (laughs) The world is broken, Right. uh, but there's a promise that it's going to be restored. It's going to be made whole. Um, Ultimately, that's the kingdom, right, that's going to be our eternal kingdom yep is yes that, is that fair to say yeah okay okay for sure and so i mean so as a as a christian um i mean we've got christian brothers and sisters in uh china you know in a in communist nation mm-hmm. um they also live in two kingdoms uh but the kingdom of the left hand there is different, different right but we, sh- but we share in that commonality of the kingdom of the right. So mm. the, the kingdom of the left is, I don't know, you know, I was, I was born here. I was born in the United States. I wasn't born in China, you know, but mm-hmm. wherever, wherever you are, whatever that kingdom of the left looks like, that's where you are. So participate, do it. Um, and God is Lord over that still. Yeah, I, and I find that very interesting that it's not like it's, you know, God's kingdom is the right-hand kingdom and the left-hand worldly kingdom is the devil's or something. Right. They're both, they're both gods. Right. Okay. Yep. So God God has actually, he's the one that created a hierarchy? Yeah. Yeah, society? we would say so. And that's that's uh, that's actually how, um, you know. We'll throw Luther another bone, but <laughs> that's how he, he kind of saw the fourth commandment, uh, on honor your father and your mother, mm-hmm. um, as also being what the scriptures teach, uh, like the apostle Paul talks about praying for all in authority. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, even emperors, guys who are out to get him. Right. So, um, so, so when, when, when we see the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother, we're also talking about, um, that if, if we follow this, the story of the scriptures, what did God create first? He created a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. right? As the marital unit. And then God gave husband and wife children. So when you have that, you have a family, mm-hmm. right? But God, God started with the parents and the parents have the, the child, but then you put a bunch of families together mm-hmm. and now you have a society mm, a yeah, community, community yeah. uh and those different societies or communities have been structured differently in different times and places mm-hmm. but there's there's always been some sort of authority figure or figures some sort of 
government, if you want to use that word, yeah, um, hasn't always been as polished as you know <laughs> ours. If you're going to say that ours isn't that polished, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, there's there's always been a government. So government is really it, it really ought to be the parents mm. of the society. So just as parents are parents of children, uh, sure. the government operates as like parents of the society. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it should, how it should operate. Mm -hmm. They're looking uh, out for the welfare of their exactly. kids, their subjects, their civilians. Right. Their... And in a perfect world, they would do that perfectly. Sure. In a broken world, they're going to do it brokenly. <laughs> that's not a word. I don't think, but this is the podcast where we make up words. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> go with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so both kingdoms left and right, God given. So it's not like, it's not like because I'm a Christian. Well, now I don't go and vote because that's left hand king. That's worldly stuff. Right. Right. No, we should do it. We should do it even more so. Mm. Um, uh, because it's God's. Sure. He created it. He put us here to participate in it. So we, you know, we don't, we don't go back and forth between these two kingdoms either. Like mm. when we're, when we're in the left, we're also, we are shaped by the, the kingdom of the right. So we're mm. shaped by the forgiveness, the hope, the promises. Mm -hmm. So we ought to vote, uh, as Christian people, as part of that narrative, as part of that greater promise, as part of what we understand about who God is and what he's done and doing in this world. So yeah, we, we ought to participate. So yeah, I, I made it probably in my, in my sermon, if you're listening to this after the fact, I, I probably made a stronger case. I was making a stronger case to take a step back mm -hmm. from the world and like, uh, just sort of get the greater, greater perspective. But I didn't, I probably didn't do as much of a service of saying, and then step in, mm. you know, step in, be fully involved, uh, in your civic vocations of voting and participating, but just know that that's not, that's not the end of the story. And that's not all that there is to mm -hmm. what's going on in this world. Well, and you, and you brought up like <clears throat> a few key words, I think that help us recall that or recognize that as we're stepping in, you know, so, so as I go to vote, here's how I can demonstrate that I am a part of this bigger story. There are promises for me. My foot is in that right hand kingdom of the gospel Here's how I show that when I go out to vote, I'm going to do it in, uh, gentleness, yeah. humility yeah. and patience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those are, those are three key uh, virtues that Paul mentions in Ephesians four. That's kind of interesting. Cause those are, uh, also, are those all included in the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Humility, I guess. Humility is not. Yeah. <clears throat> it was interesting. I was reading, um, so humility is the first one Paul mentions in Ephesians four. On mm -hmm. uh, some of my reading, uh, I saw that in in Greek society, uh, that humility was actually seen as a vice uh, that should only be demonstrated by servants. Wow. Yeah. So so when Paul says Christian people uh, live in humility, he's actually making a. Uh, that's a really big statement. Okay. Actually, countercultural. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, if you think of, I mean, uh, <laughs> when I when I was reading this, uh, th those those three things: humility, gentleness, and patience. Mm -hmm. When you look at the 
opposite of them. What's the opposite of humility? Pride. What's the opposite of gentleness? Harshness. What's the opposite of patience? Uh, the the lack of self restraint or the the retaliating wrongs. Mm. And oh, not, not. I don't really want to keep talking about the election, but all I could think. <laughs> it's only a day, man. We got to live it up. Yeah. All I could think of was, holy smokes. Mm. I don't know. There's I. I pray that there's some good politicians out there. I know there are, mm. but in this season of campaigning, I, I like, I don't see any of those Christian virtues by, I mean, I'm going to be so bold as to say like anybody. <laughs> sure. It's certainly it's, not all three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you see plenty of pride, mm-hmm. not a lot of humility, mm-hmm. plenty of, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to, you know, you did it wrong. I can do it better. You know, like, yeah. that's not, that's not humility. <laughs> speaking, speaking of pride, I, yeah. I, I think I heard at some point over the course of this campaign season, the comment of, um, you know, we're going to save the soul of this American nation. Okay. Is that something that's feasible by the left-hand kingdom, Aaron? No. Okay. <laughs> I just want to double check. No. I mean, I, I don't know what the context of the statement was. I don't know what the what is meant by the soul of the society but uh-huh. i think if you ask different americans they're going to have different ideas of what the soul of the nation is you know sure so, sure sure if we're talking about you know like you and i have a soul, soul like created in the image of god um yeah we're that's we're like, off the charts here when we yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. is not what the that's not going to change the, the left hand king that's not even their that's not even their responsibility <laughs> honestly right right so so i mean that's where like from a christian perspective the lutheran doctrine of the two kingdoms Mm. um is is it's unique to lutheranism Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of christian people who would want what we would call a uh, a theocracy like uh god government god government right so um this has always been a christian nation the christian values influence us now I'm not I'm not going to deny that Christian values have influenced this nation. I think they have, but mm-hmm. um we don't we we don't live under the assumption that every government has to be governed by Christian people mm. like promoting the gospel. Mm. Well, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like certainly that no it's not by any government being even if they're guided by God's word, it's not the government that's preaching the gospel. Correct. That's that's not their job. Right. Their job is to take, take care, care of the this, kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The laws. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Establish justice, yep. peace, that kind of yep. thing. Yeah. So so it's it's kind of an error then on on our part maybe. Um, or maybe this is a good thing to be corrected of if we're fearing like, shoot, if the wrong guy gets elected, like there goes morality or there goes there goes the salvation of you know this people mm. like it's not in the hands of the left-hand kingdom is what you're saying like at all um I, I livelihoods mean, might be impacted yeah well. yeah yeah and i mean we got to be a little bit careful in taking taking that all the way to the end because there are governments that we know from history and even from our observation of the world today that are mm-hmm. oppressive to um, the, the, you know, our religious freedom and that sort of stuff. So sure. we're not, we don't want that. 
Yeah, you, you know, I mean, like, no, I hear you, and I agree with you, and I'm, so this is not an argument against no, that, because I don't, I don't want to live in a land that's persecuted, <laughs> right? but that is the land that Paul's writing from, right? and that's the land that really exploded the gospel, right, right. in a big way, and right. I think that's something that's also we've seen in history, is that the gospel actually thrives in environments where the chips are down right where it's being threatened absolutely yeah yeah but at the same time we don't want to we don't want to invite that (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, okay yeah because i mean just like we don't want to test god i'm not gonna i'm not gonna not wear my seatbelt on the way home just because it's like oh god's got me right exactly Exactly. there's a line there sure exactly sure yeah i mean Hmm. this uh, ephesians 4 stuff i mean it really it really points us to the idea that we are we are one body um and that that image um that is actually a government term in um in in greek thought as well so when paul's talking about the body that was actually the same sort of verbiage that was used to talk about the government and how it operated in that day that it was a, a body with different members and doing their different responsibilities so interesting so when that's applied to the church you know we kind of i don't i mean when, when i hear when i hear it as an american reader um that, that we're one body with many members mm-hmm. um i i was talking to my kids about this and i my my mind always goes to um my you know my physical body mm-hmm. like what so i asked my kids um i i said if you, what, what part of your body do you like pay attention to the most? Like, what do you notice the most? And they thought about it and they, you know, they said like their ears or their, I don't know, their eyes, you know, their head, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then I, and then we asked like, what part of your body do you not pay attention to? You know? Oh, and, uh, good question. I don't know if they, I don't think they had much of an answer. I mean, they're young, but in my, in my understanding, the way I think about this idea is like, I, I usually pay attention. I mean, my hands are out, they're always doing stuff. I see them, I'm using them. The part of my body that I pay attention to the most that I can see is like my pinky toe mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. No, I pay attention least, to the least yeah. is my pinky toe. The only time I notice I have a pinky toe is when you stub it, right? <laughs> and it gets hurt and you're like, oh, I have a pinky toe and it's hurting, you know? When we're one body that's united in Christ, mm-hmm. like we we gotta we gotta get good at noticing one another mm. and the value in, that we have as people contributing. So even if you're a pinky toe, mm-hmm. you're you're valuable to the body. Yeah, you know, and I didn't even bring this into my sermon at all, but I. I, that that's where it ends up. So in the church, when we're one in Christ, like mm. some people's giftedness by God, they might not think it seems like much. It might seem like an insignificant gift or ability that they have, but sure. that's a gift from God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like some people have the gift of um, standing up and being more loud and leading and that kind of stuff. But that's not any of any more value than the, than the pinky toe (laughs) gifts. In fact, I think Paul even says right in Romans when he he picks up the body language Uh there too. And he'll say that the weaker parts are actually indispensable. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And I think it's in part because 
Well, I mean, God, he does work through humility a ton, yeah. right? I mean, it's what Jesus did. Yeah, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, that part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think there's even this, you know, God knows about human nature. Yeah. We tend to look at what's beautiful, what's the best. We tend to make these kind of value judgments and be very attracted to those things, mm-hmm. you know, and that makes us want to cut off all sorts of body parts. Right? Yeah. Right. I uh, only and, want to keep what's best. Yeah. yeah. And, but then all, you know, then we've turned the whole gospel into a, a me thing, a works thing. Like I'm good enough. Mm. And that's, we know like, no, like mm-hmm. God wants to remind us too. No, <laughs> it's because of me. Like, you know, it's through Jesus. This is how you have worth. Yeah. It's not, it's not of your own doing. It's not of you <laughs> being the best at this or this or that, yeah. you know? And so sometimes I think even, um, you know, the weaker members of the body, we might, uh, think, you know, sometimes I think of like, um, uh, I worked one summer at a Bethesda home, oh. right? Ministry for, uh, people with disabilities, yeah. learning disabilities. And, uh, I mean, that's, I think, uh, a whole part of society that in general people might say, well, you know, it's more of a burden than a mm. blessing they might think. Right. Um, but man, the, the way some of those people live with their hearts on their sleeves, yeah. you talk about, I mean, that's a skill that most of us don't have right. know, themselves out there. And it's, it is a humbling thing to be around. If you're around them for long enough, you'll start to realize, Oh wow. I, they have things to show me even. Right. I had these blind spots, but they're, they're a part of God's body too. Right. You know, when I, I always remember like when I was, uh, you know, school aged, um, you ever do like, you have like group projects in school and you get paired up or, you know, you get put into a group and there's always that, there's always that one kid that like, yeah, that (laughs) either drives you nuts or doesn't do their work or whatever it was like, there's always that kid, whether it's in the class or the group or I remember having it on the sports teams where you're like, there's that one, like if we could, if that one kid just wasn't part of this mm. group, it would be so much better. But then, you know, I've lived an, enough life now that I finally realized, I don't know, at some point in some point in my growing up that every single group, every single organization that I've been part of, you know, there's always that person uh-huh. that's there and guess what that does that's humbling <laughs> you know where you're like okay okay that we all have value to contribute mm-hmm. we do we do we all do and and so mm-hmm. sometimes i know that my personality is like i i tend to be like future oriented and I don't really like to slow down. So for me, humility, it's, it's a humbling thing to go, Aaron, chill out, like Mm. notice, Mm -hmm. notice, pay attention, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know that that's kind of tangential. No, yeah. But I mean, going back to your idea of the whole pinky toe thing, you know, I don't notice it until I've I've banged it, you know? Yeah. But then, I mean, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to keep wounding yourself. Like it actually affects how the whole body works then. Right. For like sure. I'm going to hobble around a little bit I know. You know, after that. And, and so I think the same goes for us when we talk about um, being the body of Christ, it is good for us to slow down and to listen. Yeah. You know, let, let me hear, let me listen to the, the parts of the body that are maybe trying to say something. Yep. Listen to them because I don't want, you know, we, we work better. We walk better. Uh, we function better as God's church when all of our parts are healthy yep. and, listening to each other and yeah. um 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the thing that we need to obviously listen to first, kind of going back to where we started in all this, that the thing that gives us the greatest perspective is listening to God's voice. Mm. Um, all we, like when you find yourself caught up in, in the moment of like, is this all there is? Like, I got to fix, I got to do this. I got to fix this. I got to do this. They just take a step back and go, <laughs> there's so much more to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, We've got like God's got eternal life planned for me in, in all perfection when all of this kind of junk's going to be gone. Like, mm-hmm. okay, with that kind of perspective, I'm going to step back in with hope, with humility and gentleness and patience because mm. I know at the end of the day, like the, the, the fullest of the burden's not mine. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. God, God's got it like, does. Um, and so, so we listen to God's voice and then, and then we step into the world. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd encourage the listeners to, I don't know if this is how how far off the beaten path this is, but in order to find you, you're talking about listening, like listening mm-hmm. to other people. And I think this has come up in some of our other conversations. Um, but one of my encouragements uh, to to those of you listening is like, if you're paying attention to the news, especially in this election cycle, like listen to different stations, hmm. like, I don't know. I, I, I flip the station around all like sometimes. I mean, some days I, you know, some days I watch CNN, then I flip to Fox news and I flip to MSNBC and then I go to NBC. Like, Mm -hmm. like if you do that, then you go a, um, all of these are trying to push some sort of agenda, (laughs) (laughs) but maybe there's a little value in all of it. Uh huh. So, if I can grab a little bit of value from all of it, sure. And try to put the whole body together and what's being said, strip away the junk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe I can understand things a little bit better. So yeah, I don't, I mean, a more balanced. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're talking about balance, you know, let's balance kind yeah. of what we're listening to. Probably also like make sure that you're taking time not to listen, yeah. you know, cause there's probably an imbalance there too. If I'm just consuming and reading so much news, you know, where you get, that's to me the moment I start to feel like it's all so much. It's everything, yeah. you know, right now, this moment, this is everything, yeah. you know, cause that's how, it, that's how news, they try, every news story is conveyed that way. It's always like, this is important. Yeah. We Breaking gotta, update. Yeah. I got to check the news feed to see what, what, what disaster just happened. You know, uh-huh. I have to know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, the realization that in, you know, this, this present moment is going to be a footnote in history. Yeah. A mere footnote. Yeah, I mean, even if like, even if I make it to like 120, I mean that seems like a good biblical number. Mm. That's like less than a snap of a finger, or a blink of an eye in the grand scheme of eternity. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, like it just is. So I don't know. Live, step in, be present, do it. Full of hope, full of life, full of Jesus, and yeah, no matter where you are, what government you have. God still got it. So, yeah. I like that. I feel better now. Do you? I feel ready to vote. All right. <laughs> Is that how we end this? You're ready to vote? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit that out. <laughs> that don't awkward. We never yeah. edit. We don't we, edit anything. No, we don't. We're we're powering through. This is a moment that is going to be a footnote in the, <laughs> in the history of this podcast. 
Well, we conversated well today, Kevin. I thought so. I I liked it. Yeah. It's still, we still can't say I conversated. That doesn't that doesn't sound right. Even after eight episodes, one day we'll say it. Episode <laughs> right. twenty five. All right. Hey, peace out, everybody, and uh, blessings to you. May you live in great uh, hope, hope and peace and joy, humility, gentleness and patience. Patience. Be well. All right. <laughs> Bye now. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.